Today we begin with Paul's letter to Titus, chapter 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that is in accordance with godliness, in the hope of eternal life that God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. In due time he revealed his word through the proclamation with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my loyal child in the faith, we share grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. I left you behind in Crete for this reason, so that you should put in order what remained to be done and should appoint elders in every town, as I directed you, someone who is blameless, married only once, whose children are believers, not accused of debauchery and not rebellious. For a bishop, as God's steward, must be blameless. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or addicted to wine or violent or greedy for gain, but he must be hospitable, a lover of goodness, prudent, upright, devout, and self-controlled. He must have a firm grasp of the word that is trustworthy in accordance with the teachings, so that he may be able both to preach with sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it. There are also many rebellious people, idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for sordid gain what is not right to teach. It was one of them, their very own prophet, who said, Cretans are always liars, vicious brutes, lazy gluttons. That testimony is true. For this reason, rebuke them sharply, so that they may become sound in the faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths or to commandments of those who reject the truth, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Their very minds and consciences are corrupted. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their actions. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. And thus, uh, Paul leaves us hanging, waiting for chapter 2, which I will read uh, for you for tomorrow. Uh, but it's a powerful word. I'd like to uh, share with you some questions for reflection upon what I've just read. Number one, what can you and I learn from the way Paul introduces himself to Titus? Okay, let's read it again. This is in the first verse. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that is in accordance with godliness in the hope of eternal life that God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. In due time, he revealed his word through the proclamation with which I have been entrusted by the command of God, our Savior. So my question is, what do we learn about God? Excuse me, what do we learn about Paul in his self-introduction to Titus? Number two, do you recognize the similarity between what Paul tells Titus and Timothy regarding the characteristics and qualities of a bishop and for the leaders of the church? 
And let me remind you what he says here. He says uh, in verse 6, well, from verse 5, he says, Appoint leaders in every town, as I directed you, someone who is blameless, married only once, whose children are believers, not accused of debauchery, and not rebellious. And then when he talks about a bishop, Paul says, they must be blameless, not arrogant or quick-tempered or addicted to wine or violent or greedy for gain, but he must be hospitable, a lover of goodness, prudent, upright, devout, and self-controlled. Verse 9, he must have a firm grasp of the word that is trustworthy in accordance with the teaching, so that he may be able both to preach with sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it. Now, this is important because you may remember, those of you who've been reading this with me, think back to what Paul tells Timothy. Uh, this description of a deacon and a leader in the church is almost exactly the same to what Paul uh, tells Timothy. Uh, and so what we, I think we are seeing here is that Paul has an administrative model. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody listening to this who is an administrator or you have people who work under you. Uh, but when you have people who work under your authority, you have to delegate, you have to direct, you have to monitor uh, what you have given them, uh, the task you've given them. And so what we can learn, I think, from the administrative model of delegation of leadership from Paul is that the leader has to be thoughtful and consistent uh, as you, and trustworthy as you delegate responsibility to somebody else. That's what he's doing to Titus and also Timothy. Number four, what do you make of Paul's direction to Titus 2 in verse 10? Silence the rebellious. Uh, again, uh, I think this is part of administration. I think uh, for people administration, anybody who's listening to this, who has people who work under your authority, uh, it's important to be kind, gracious, and good, and all of that. But also we have to be wise enough to know when somebody is rebellious, when someone is not just rebellious to you, but someone tries to undercut your authority, your leadership, somebody tries to pervert the message, and uh, whatever directive you have. And part of good leadership is uh, to keep everybody who works under your authority on the same page. But at some point, uh, as I used to tell my sons when they were little boys, I said, be nice to everybody, but you got to know when to let loose the hammer. And they'd say, Dad, what does that mean? I said, you'll know it when you see it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I was telling them is there comes a point in life when you have to stand your ground. And that's what Paul is saying here in verse 10 when he says, silence the rebellious. And so my question to you about silencing the rebellious is this. How can the modern Christian leader build upon the direction of Paul regarding uh silencing the rebellious people in the church without destroying their personal principles of faith and love. I think this is a real challenge in life. And um, Paul is saying a lot in this uh, very, very short uh, chapter. I'd like to conclude now with a prayer. Lord, as I seek to lead others, grant me strength and power, kindness and love, 
Grant me the wisdom to discern between positive and negative spirits, people who are supportive and those who are destructive, those who are builders and those who would tear down. Bless me to build up the church and its people, my family, my friends, and the personal relationships in my life. Bless me and keep me always in your care. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast reading of Paul's first chapter and his letter to Titus. It's been a blessing to me, and it, I hope it's been a blessing to you. Tomorrow, my intention is to read from Titus chapter 2. If you're ever in Detroit, I invite you to stop by the church where I'm blessed to serve as pastor and senior minister, the Plymouth United Church of Christ. We are located at 600 East Warren Avenue, right at the I-75 exit on Warren. I'd love to see you. Worship services are on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning, but also on Wednesdays at noon. Until the next day, hopefully tomorrow, God bless and God keep you. This is Pastor Nick Hood.